The Truck and Driver podcast is sponsored by Snap Account, the all-in-one payment solution for truck parking, washing, tolls and more. Hello and welcome to the Truck and Driver podcast, broadcasting live from the cab of an Iveco S-Way and a Scania S650. I am joined today by a special guest, Pete White of White Transport Services. Pete, delighted to have you um, on the podcast. Thank you. It's been a little while since we've had a special guest on as well. I wouldn't call myself a special guest, I'll be honest. However, I feel that every other lorry I passed today from um, from Swindon to Dundee flashed me. It is. Well, <laughs> it was me and, another, me and another lad, but the other lad was out of time at uh, Dundee, uh, was out of time at Bells Hill. And I, and I wanted to push on a bit further, so I, I did nine hours, 56 minutes driving, which isn't bad for an office boy. Get in, yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty good going, yeah. I mean, your social media profile for White's Transport Services is phenomenal. You've got uh, tens of thousands of followers on it, and you, what you also get, which is, isn't easy to get on social media, is you get an enormous amount of engagement from the people who are um, looking at your posts and reading them, you'll yeah. get people who you get loads and loads of comments and loads and loads of feedback on it. It's it's obviously been something that's been built up over a kind of long period of time. Did you did you realise when you first started off, just made the white transport page that it was going to snowball into what it's become today? Well, I started it off as a profile as a person I, I, I had Pete White myself and then I set up another one for White's Transport and it quickly very quickly my, my own Pete White Facebook profile I, I, I will only accept people that I physically know I've only got about 350 Facebook friends but I had a White's Transport one and White's uh, and Facebook cap your friend request at 5,000 yes. and it rapidly went to 5,000 and, and it was great I had massive engagement with the people that was on there if people would unlike it then i'd allow new people in and then suddenly um facebook took it from being a profile to a page and i was mortified i, I thought it was going to be a disaster but it was it was a really good what uh, what they did and it, and, and, it, and it made it what it is today but i would say i've been building it up for for 10 years i think there's a few reasons why it's popular um the, the, the equipment that we run the places where we go uh, the type of work we do but i also feel that uh, we are a company that is brutally honest and we will publicize our downfalls as well as our achievements yeah i would definitely agree with that and of course yeah the lorries are top spec kit and you're obviously you're all over europe and there's been unprecedented circumstances not only with the coronavirus pandemic but with brexit over the um, past year to deal with as well. How have you been? I mean, it's obviously that was an, an enormous challenge for everybody it's sort of through December and January. How are you getting on with things now? It was difficult to start with. Um, but as a company, we put a lot of preparation in. We knew it was going to be hard. Um, but we also had a feeling that we were going to benefit. We were we were going to come out of it stronger. Uh, we for There is, if everybody can notice, there is considerably less foreign registered trucks in the UK at the moment. In January, we picked up probably 30 or 40 exports from the UK into Europe because of the lack of foreign trucks. Uh, my, my, my personal opinion of European transport is it should only be an Italian haulier or a British haulier that should transport goods between those two countries. You should, you've, got a, you've got a Romanian driver driving a Dutch registered truck, pulling a Spanish truck, pulling a spanish trailer and their company's based in norway and and that sort of thing really grates me i there's nothing i can do about it but it's just something that really pisses me off I, I really feel for the guys who are in those trucks i've been out um three times this is my third time out now this year because we do four week schedules and trucking drivers so the fourth week i'm trying my best to get out and drive for somebody every week so i'm out testing a new truck and getting out and doing it i mean I just love driving and being out in the road anyway. So, but I noticed in February when I had that Volvo FM, there was just no foreign trucks in the road. When I was out with the Scania 770 last month, I noticed that more of them had come back. That might have been because you were overtaking more trucks. <laughs> well, the thing was that was the slowest. That yeah, was the yeah. slowest bloody Scania V8 in Scotland. That thing it came out doing 54 and a half miles an yeah. hour. 
There's a reason for that. There is a reason for that. I've heard that Scania are, um, every time you put a Scania in, it's coming out at 55 miles an hour now, if you're lucky. Yeah, yeah we, we never send our Scanias to our home dealer, which is Scania Swindon. They're, they they have got the new style calibration machine where I'm pretty certain the tr- the, they don't even need the engine running and it's just one rotation of the wheel for it to calibrate the truck. And uh, they always come out too slow. We are, a co- as a company, we are against speeding. We hate overspeeds. And even though we've got V8 Scanias, 89, 90 kilometers per hour is absolutely fine. And, our, and we've got a system in place where if our drivers get overspeeds, Dan, my brother, who runs the office, he will have the drivers in because we really don't like drivers letting them go down the hills. Uh, it is a big issue for us, but 90k's 90k's is plenty fast enough. That's that's how we look at it. South Mims. Scan your South Mims for us is the best place to set your taco perfectly how you want it. That's it. All all I ever want is 56 miles an hour. That's yeah. fine for me. Like it's, when they're when they're down on long distance and they're screwed down to like 54. I think 54 is the worst speed of all because you're you're crawling past so many guys and fleet trucks that won't, like, knock it off a bit and let you in. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the, the big Scania, I started to notice with that, that I was trying to do, like, mental gymnastics to work out my journey times because I'm like, I need to get from there to there. How am I going to manage this? I'm like, I don't think I'll have enough time. But, of course, even though the thing was slightly slower on the flat, it simply never lost any speed on the hills. Yeah. So when I was, um... I was actually getting to places quicker than I anticipated Especially the way that you come off roundabouts with a thing as well, it would just so lighten the throttle and the thing would just pack off and take away. I'm glad I've got a load of insulation in this um, this 460 horsepower truck that I'm in today because if I'd gone out at 44 tons, I probably would have thought it was broken after a week in that 770. I'm, um, I'm loaded with 20 ton of hanging beef now, which is going up to Aberdeen, which is quite unusual to be taking, to taking beef from, the, from, from south to north. And um, yeah. and there was a there was a there was a daff with a low loader on that was uh, that overtook me, um, just when we was when I was north of Stirling, and um, and I could see a sign in front saying slow lorries for two for two miles. I was like, yeah, <laughs> you're, you're gonna get it now, and I did. I went I went past him. This thing didn't even slow down and on the on the hill, and I went past him like he was going backwards, and then he just disappeared in my mirror. So these um this six fifty that I'm driving now mm-hmm. is an absolute pleasure to drive and i've come up here at 9.2 to the gallon uh from when i left the yard this morning that's nice that's good that's good going the v8 was split new when i got it so i never i was like hovering about seven seven point two but i was also i was 44 tons the whole time and the um the trailer was taller than the truck as well so that was kind of affecting things bob beach managed to get eight out at the following week but he wasn't um, as heavy. He wasn't quite as heavy as I was. But um, the 770, I mean, it's it's fabulous, but it's overkill at 44 tonnes. You're not going to yeah. get anywhere quicker um, than you will do in a 650 or indeed now a 660. But what's your, what does your fleet consist of? You're mainly Scania, but you have um, bought some other marks in recent yeah, so, times. So we're currently running 18 trucks at the minute. We have got six Scania S650s. We have got an S580. Uh, we've got an S500. We have got three Volvo FH13 540s. And then the rest of them is we've got seven DAF. Six of them we've only just put on the road, which is a bit of a shock for a lot of people. The, the, the pictures that I put on Facebook, on our Facebook page, a massive amount of criticism. They are uh, there is not. I don't know why. I, I, for me, DAF is the third best truck on the market. Uh, Scania's number one, Volvo number two, DAF is number three, and I would class DAF as a lot better than your than your Renault, than your Iveco, than your Mercedes. But there is a lot of people that criticise them heavily. I've never seen. I, I was quite surprised to be honest. And what the, we we when we spec the trucks up, I ticked every box I could. We mm-hmm. put the cab cooler. We put the light bar, the illuminated headboard. We've gone for the luxury seats with the aircon and the heated and unheated. We have gone for uh, built-in sat-nav television with with smart TV with Netflix. The I couldn't have ticked any more boxes. Durable wheels, metallic paint, extra fuel tanks, 
And, yeah, and they've still taken an absolute battering on social media. Yeah, Daft. Daft's been like that for a while, but all I would, um, people get like kind of wound up about them. The thing is, though, that they've got a 30% market share in the UK, and you don't get that if you're not doing something right. And it also mm. means that because they've got so many trucks on the road as well, the sheer numbers of them, you're more likely to encounter ones that are going to have problems. And there's yeah. a lot of fleet trucks in amongst that as well. And I've seen the way, well, you've probably seen it yourself, the way that some drivers treat lorries um, is just no wonder things break on them. But I've always been, I've always been uh, quite like the DAFs. I didn't like when they brought in the eco mode to begin with on the 510s mm. and it absolutely hobbled them. They were no, it, it, they went kind of off the boil for a couple of years unless you got a manual. But of course, a manual is now such a niche product that you're not likely to encounter them. I've um, just, um, I, I've removed the eco on one of the DAFs to compare it. And I've said to oh, that, I've said, I'd be, I've said, that, good to see how that does. Yeah, I've said, and, and, the, and I, the, that, that, that DAF I took to Calais a couple of weeks ago. And when I was coming, when I shipped back in, I come off the boat in Dover and I had a fairly heavy load on. I think I was about 39 ton gross. And uh, when, when, I, when I come up, when I come up the hill, um, I, the, the truck did the right thing at the right time. And that is what my drivers are reporting. The gearbox, they are just so, they just change their mind at the wrong time. And they, yep. they change up and change down. And it's not the time when the driver would change. And uh, and that is the issue. The, the, the lads that are driving them are absolutely blown away by the comfort of them. But they are, uh, the, the, one that's, the one that's had the eco turned off, he's, he's, over, he's over the moon. And he's still, I said, as long as you can achieve over nine, then I'll turn the other ones off. But they, those trucks, uh, the, the, the DAFs on a long run, not not a max weight, they can they can achieve ten to the gallon. We are we've had mm -hmm. we've got some that are ten point one, ten point two. For us as a for my company as a fleet, we would like a, an average of nine. If we can get an average of nine, we'll be very happy. I know other people they run different models and they do different type of work, and they're looking at they, they want elevens and twelves. But for us, nine is a number that we think is good. That's um, fair enough. I, mean, I think um, I think you probably will end up switching it off on the rest of them. I find that the DAF, it's incredibly long geared. Have you got the ones that sit just over a thousand RPM at ninety kilometers an hour? I'm not sure so, they are. Um, that's the standard diff ratio in them, and the, the software set for it to hold on is for as long as possible. Because the Iveco uses the same software and the same. Well, it uses different software on the same gearbox. But it behaves completely differently. When an Iveco 570 starts to lose a bit of speed in a hill, it'll knock it down a gear. Whereas the DAF will hang on for dear life to 900 RPM, which is DAF's mythology, and trying to get um, the maximum fuel economy out of it. But I'm not sure how well that works going up steep hills in Scotland at heavy weights. So there are things you can do, like you say, like switching the eco off and just making it behave a bit more normally. But I think those DAFs will, those DAFs will do you all right, um, despite what um, people say, you know. They were £50,000 cheaper than a Scania, <clears throat> and, and we think they will do close to one mile per gallon better on fuel. And, and my lads are, we, we're, on average, we are 150,000 Ks a year. On, on our trucks but we didn't buy these DAFs because they were cheaper uh, everything mm. that we we are we for, uh, we, we know that you, you get what you pay for so we are mm. still if people say to me what is your the, the main truck in your fleet it will be it is a Scania and it is always a Scania <laughs> so obtaining your license and getting your class one how long ago was that uh, just over two years now, uh, and, and it was due to a driver just making a sarky comment about. I asked, I, I gave him a, a, a day's work, and and he made a comment about it, it wasn't achievable. And, and I said, well, I think that is. And he said, well, how would you know? Because you can't drive. So, uh, so I rang a local training company. I know a guy that works there, and he does our CPC training. And uh, I explained to him that I, I needed to get my license quickly, but I didn't have time to do a, a full week's course. Uh, I said that I've been driving trucks for for a while, back reversing them in the yard, taking them to and from workshop, just bobtail only. And um, the following day, I did a twelve hour lesson with a young lad called Scott that worked there, and he was really he was brilliant. And uh, 
and I did a, I did everything that they were doing a week and a day, and and, and I took my test pretty much uh, within within a couple of days, and I passed. Um, so and then my first trip in a tr my first job, well, it wasn't really a job, but I had to take a lorry and trailer from our yard in Membry down to Swindon uh, to drop off for for maintenance to be done, and it was so my first trip legally as a as a driver was in a Scania S seven thirty. So. I think I was um, from from then. I was uh, I've been bred really with 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 decent equipment, and it was uh, it was uh, it was not I'm not sure how many people can say that their first time on the road was in a was in the most one of the most powerful trucks that you could drive. So I'm very <laughs> very, very very lucky. I I appreciate that, and my, my, my the lads that work for me, they're fortunate to drive the equipment that they drive. There's there's a number of reasons why we buy the equipment that we do. It's to, it's to attract drivers. It's for it's for our image. It's for our prestige and and because we like them. Um, we we spend probably some some of our trucks. Well, this truck I'm in now, when this was new, just out the box without any of the extras we fitted, it was 147 thousand pounds. Wow, uh, they're a major investment, um, Scania's. But like you say, you get what you. You pay for with them. That um, time that I had with the 770 last month was the first time I'd been out properly in a next gen. I'd done a couple of shifts in an R500 tag axle manual, which was quite kind of construction spec. And But I really got to, yeah, I could, I could, I could understand after a few days why people are so religious about them because like everything just works. There's no clever it's, gimmicks on it anywhere. Everything's just designed around the driver and the truck. These S gens are an absolute pleasure to drive. The new ones I've got now, I've got the electric handbrake with the hill hold, which I think is a brilliant um, tool for, for part of the truck. The, 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 the Apple Play, which reads all your messages out for you, and you can talk to it and send a WhatsApp to so-and-so. It's, it's, it's great for so the driver can concentrate. We've, we've had all the DVS cameras fitted to these trucks, so... It's, we, we've the, the truck I'm in now come with microwave, come with fridge, come with the uh, the, the nighttime air cooler. Um, mm. It has got the top of the range infotainment system on. It's got heated and air cooled seats, and it is uh, it's, we've we've removed the top top bunk to put extra extra lockers, so the drivers have got more space. It is um, yeah, it's, I had a choice this morning to drive this or a, or a DAF, but uh, this 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 one all, all day long. To be honest, it is. Um, it is a pleasure to drive, and some of the steep banks I was coming up then, you you, you know full well some of the hills up, up this sort of area, and um, yeah, just it's a couple of the hills that dropped down to like eight, 83, 84 k's, but the majority of them it was on the limiter. There's these the seven we've just got rid of six seven thirties uh, down to due to age and due to poor uh, fuel economy. Uh, they, the seven thirties have got the edge over these, obviously. But if you were going up a really steep bank, it would probably be the last twenty percent of the hill where this would back off, and the seven thirty would keep pulling. Mm -hmm. no, it's tiny, tiny little fine margins. But this, the the six fifty engine, latterly was a more modern version than the seven thirty, and the new ones now are. There's no EGR on them. Yeah, non EGR. Yeah, that's that's that's. That's why we chose these, to be honest. When when new trucks hit the market, we wait. We, we don't jump in with both feet because when a new model comes on the market, they normally have teething problems. They normally have issues that, that need to be resolved in the first year, the first 18 months. So we're always quite happy to sit back and, and wait, for, wait for other people to buy them, have their own problems. And, um, and, and then once they've sorted those problems, then, they, they, then, then we'll put our hand in our pocket and, 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 see, and see what's about. But we've, we... we, we, we we still we, st we still do we still buy brand new we still buy used we, we we're very opportunistic we we don't really like making an order and then waiting a year for it we we like to do things now so we, we put two ex northern irish 650s on the road and and really that was a phone call that come out of nowhere on a friday night and and by the saturday morning we bought two two second hand 650s which was the right price it was the right time uh, we we needed a couple of trucks so we uh we 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 sort of seize the moment a little bit. We don't um we don't like to make decisions and wait wait a year for that to materialise. We sort of just mm -hmm. just get get in there and and, and go for it. Now, your your spec of truck has kind of evolved over the years. You were buying left hand drives for a while and tag axles as well, but it seems in more recent times you're moving back towards right hand drives and mid lifts. 
Yeah, our, right? our, our entire fleet at the minute is right-hand drive, mid-lift. For, for myself and definitely for Ray, uh, what we would love is a fleet of left-hand drive 4 by 2 trucks. That is what we should be using for European work. But the problem with that is once you're in Europe, it keeps all the European happy. You're at the right height. You're at the right length. But as soon mm. as you're in the UK, then you are rolling the dice with axle weights. You could have 10 pallets on the truck that weigh a ton each and they're all loaded on the headboard. You are then overweight on your pin. Um, mm. And we going back a few years ago, we had we had a few overweight offences and it, being being caught for being overweight, I would say, is one of the most serious offences that, that DVSA would, would that, that, that that's how they class as one of the most serious offences. So we um, we had a public inquiry um, back in 2017. It was due to ferry crossings because uh, anybody that does European work will know that you cannot. It's very difficult to make your make your taco look legal when you're doing a ferry rest. Yeah, because because unless unless you're on rest for nine hours it classes it insufficient daily rest so um yeah you've so got to go and do the, the ferry mode thing on the tachograph but what is the implication of that it's not something that i've um i think i've only ever had to do it once if it doesn't do it correctly then it all it does is flash up all day to say that you've not had your rest um no. and then and, and then you can't work out. It's very difficult to work out from uh, from the taco and from the truck, the truck computer, what sort of driving you've done. So if you've done it, if you've if you've arrived in Portsmouth at uh, seven o'clock at night and then you get off the boat at six o'clock in the morning, you technically you're good to go. With, as long as you add a few minutes on um, mm-hmm. that you use to get on and off the boat, you're good to go. But if the ferry movement doesn't recognize it what will happen is the tacker will say you've had insufficient rest and all it will do is flash yellow to you all day until you've had a nine hour break it yeah uh, it, it, it will not change and it is really frustrating and then it when the driver comes back he downloads his card he will then have a daily rest infringement because of a even though it's a legal ferry crossing and it just yeah. say the just say the driver has a nine-hour break Monday night and Tuesday night, and then Wednesday night he catches a ferry, which is an 11-hour split ferry rest, which mm-hmm. doesn't recognize it. Then he has a nine-hour break on Thursday. The analysis yeah. will say the driver has had four reduced rests. So then it creates more work. So every time our drivers now do a ferry crossing, they have to do a print. If it's a ferry crossing that, that splits over two days, they get on in the evening, they get off in the morning, they have to do a printout for each day, two printouts, uh, and then we have to attach the ferry ticket to it. So, but and, and it creates a lot of extra work in the office for the analysis. Um, and we might have a driver that would do a ferry crossing on a Monday, then then and then they'll do another ferry crossing on a Friday. And at the end of the week, it says add five five reduced rests, and you're only allowed three. So it's yeah. um, the, the 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 international side of it causes us a lot of extra work, and it is a pain in the ass. Yeah, you'd think with the modern technology, like a smart tachograph, it should just be able to bloody detect that it's on a ferry itself. You shouldn't need to do anything. The truck should. (laughs) They aren't, are they? No, they're not that smart. These, um, but for me, the 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 technology in the in the tachograph, I feel, is always ten years behind where it should be. Um, It should be integrated into the truck, and the truck should be able to tell it exactly where it is and what it's doing without this having to go and put things into modes and then it flashing up that oh no 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 but obviously you'll get a pattern you'll get a pattern to it but when you're if you're stopped and getting downloaded at the roadside then if you, you're just making mr dvsa man's day when he sees all these things popping out and like, oh, wonderful a public inquiry we had back in 2017 was um we had uh, we had a driver that got stopped and um dvsa asked us to send some tachograph that tachograph information through which which we did they asked for six months worth, but our, our tachograph analysis company sent six years worth. And DVSA, <laughs> DVSA can go back historically. So what they did, they went through all of that uh, six years worth of data. And, um, and they said that we had 600 daily rest offences, which were 600 ferry crossings. And, um, and we, had a, we had a two-day public inquiry. We spent £50,000 on... On, on legal on the legal team for us and a separate legal team from a different company to represent the drivers so there was no conflict of interest oh. and, uh, and we we was in um, we was in Bristol and it, and really the, it lasted probably three hours and it was all and, and it was all thrown out and um, the, oh, you don't the, get you don't get your fifty grand back though do you yeah, 
and uh, listen, we had director's insurance, which covered a lot of it. Well, not all of it, but it covered a lot. But it was a stressful two years. Listen, we 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 are a company that we we lay it all on the line and we show everybody what we do and how we do it. And I can get a trailer if needed from from the UK to the, to Rome without stopping. If one of my customers said I need this trailer to be in to be in Milan tomorrow, tipping, I I would get it there. It would be done completely legal. We would swap the trailers over. We if if we were doing anything that need that that you shouldn't do, we wouldn't be anywhere near as public as what we are. And so we've yeah. got we've got nothing to hide. We have got complete transparency and if anybody wanted to look at any of our records for maintenance for tachographs for, for finances at any point more than welcome it is to get to to get the business to where it is today it's been hard work and and we're only a small company we've got a massive following on facebook but we're only a small yeah. family company ray ray's my dad he is he's the boss but really, I'm the one that runs the operational side of it. My brother, Dan, runs the office side of it. And Ray's wife, Paula, she she does the financials. Um, so we don't we don't have a massive team of people. I plan it all. Even when I'm on holiday, I still I don't get my, my wife gives me a, gives me a lot of grief because I don't get enough time off. But when um, when 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 I'm not there between the three of them, they, they run it together with with ringing me every every hour for help. But um, but we but we're we're just a really small company. A lot of people send me messages on Facebook saying, "Up until I started following you, because someone shared something, they'd never even seen or never even heard of us before." I would guess that you probably get a lot of you get a lot of people asking about, "Can I come and work for you?" Because European work, it's an art form. It's it's not something that just anybody can can pick up and do. I'm I'm kind of a, a in awe of these guys that go and drive away and go and start multi-dropping around various different countries and everything. I get, I get sweaty armpits when I have to go into a building site somewhere that I've never been before in the lorry in the UK, never mind doing something on the continent. Ray says that European driving is a drug. It's, um, it's hard to give up once, you, once, you, once you've done it. it is. I went to, um, just before Christmas, I took uh, one one of the other 650s down close to the Spanish border to meet uh, a driver that was heading back from Portugal. And I, again, I did it because I wanted to, not because I had to, not because I didn't have a driver. I just fancied doing it for a weekend. And um, and it, and it is the the, the roads are, are so much quieter. There's, there is there's no traffic jams, and it is an absolute joy to drive on. And the services. Most of the services, not all of them, but most of the services are clean. Um, the, the, the food is better. You get treated differently. Like when you go to um, most places in the UK, it's just absolute health and safety bonkers. One of, one of the, our um, contributors, um, Paul O'Callaghan, does a lot of stuff for me and Team Truck and Driver, and he's driven road trains in Australia, and he's back in Ireland at the moment, and he's doing a lot of European work. Um, he's like a driver for hire, so he's... Um, He's always driving different people's trucks and he's always going all over the continent and sending his diaries about it. And that's one of the things that he always brings up. He's like, it was wonderful to go and pull into this place and there was not a high vest vest to be seen yeah. anywhere. Um, and everybody was everybody was so cool and chilled out and everything. And I'm like, oh, it makes it, so, it make, it makes it sound um, at times like you're just like, that's not even work. Although it is, you know, it's it's not easy. But um, I'll tell you what my drivers like. What my drivers <laughs> like is is all my drivers. I get on really well with all of them. Some of them like to some of them like to have a laugh and a joke. Others like to be left alone. I'm fine with either. Which which whichever suits is fine. But what what I, what is great with between me and my drivers is once they're familiar with the work that we do, we do a lot of regular runs. And um, they, they know that if they've got a, if, if they pick up a trailer on a Thursday and they've got 15 drops finishing in Naples, um, I can probably give them the reload details before they've left. So they can have a week's worth of work and not speak to the office once unless there's a problem. So this is, this is what allows me to get out and drive today because all of my drivers tomorrow, they all know what they're doing all day tomorrow and up until Tuesday lunchtime. By Tuesday morning, I should be back in the office. Um, so unless there's any problems tomorrow, which could happen at any time, a breakdown, a blowout, an illness, whatever, there could, there could be an issue at any point, which I would have to sort out. But all of my drivers tomorrow know what they're doing. And we have got trucks at the minute on the way to Austria, on the way to Spain. Uh, we've got a few on the way to Italy. We're really busy with Italy work. 
Um, we've got we've got a few up in Scotland. We've got trucks in Ireland, and I've got trucks that are working around the UK. But it is so nice to be able to give the driver a job, and you know that unless there's a problem, you won't speak to him for six or seven days. And uh, for me, I, I try to have as, li- as, as as small communication with the drivers as possible. I, w- I want to leave them to get on with the work. I can see where they are all the time. We we've got a really really good. Uh, sister camera it's called cameramatics which i put all over our facebook and they generated loads of extra business because of my recommendation when we when we installed our system it was an expensive system it's the live dvs cameras and it and it is the uh, all the telematics i can i can view the driver's cameras from my phone we didn't we didn't go for the one in the cab that's too intrusive we are not that sort of company yeah um, i don't agree with that one personally uh, the one not, not watching the driver that's that's clear that's um some of the aggregate companies have just said that and that's like well we don't trust you you know yeah that's that's what that comes back as as far as i'm concerned i I trust them enough to to give them a hundred and fifty thousand pound truck with a fifty thousand pound trailer and a and a hundred and fifty thousand pound load so if you trust them enough to give them that then you don't need to look inside the inside the truck you don't want somebody watching you when you're belting out dolly parton's greatest hits or something like that you know (laughs) Picking your nose and that sort of stuff. You don't. You, yeah. you, you, I don't want. I don't want to see that anyway. But. <laughs> what do you do in terms of uh, recruitment and things? If you're looking for a driver, do you tend to? Would you take somebody on who hasn't done European work before, but had a lot of experience <laughs> in other areas potentially? Like, I, I would rather have someone who is inexperienced with the right attitude than someone that is very experienced with a really shit attitude that mm, I, yeah. I can train them and I can mold them into what, what, what I'd like them to be. Um, but uh, listen, I, for, I, I've got the, the, the DAFs, the DAFs that I've just put on the road now. Um, I've been waiting for the right drivers to, to contact me. We, we don't advertise for drivers. Never. I've never, mm-hmm. the, only, the only time I'd advertise for drivers, if I need holiday relief or something like that, you, very rarely you'd see me put on Facebook. I need a driver tonight to go to Cali. That's, that's not us. We're, we're, we're too well mm-hmm. organized for that. But um, I, I've, I had, I've had, I've taken on two drivers recently. that have rang me and said, um, I'm interested in working for your company. I give them like a 10, 15 minute chat over the phone to, 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 to distinguish whether I think they 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 would be they would suit us and whether we would suit them and then I get then I get them in for an interview um, and then I tell them all the hard bits of the job because we do some London market work which is pretty mm. tough we do we the driver that's on his way to Italy now he's got fourteen drops starting in the north and finishing in the south that is a that is a, a tough few days to get them off uh, and cr- that, that and is them. that's the sort of stuff and I'm like do, do they do the guys need to get a feel for the language as well. Do you tend to find that guys will pick up um, a bit of Italian and a bit of German as they go along and, the and best, things? The best trait for any driver for, 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 that I believe is common sense. You can't teach it. Um, and and if you you don't need to speak the language to sort of work out what someone's trying to say or what a road sign says if you've got common sense. It is, it is I don't speak Italian. I don't speak... I, Every single day, I speak to Italian people, I speak to French people, German people, Austrian, Spanish, uh, but I don't speak any of their languages. I can order a coffee and a and a and a and a, and a croissant, and that's that's about that's about my limit when it comes to um to to, to foreign languages, which is really lazy, um and and I feel a little bit embarrassed that I'm I'm a European haulier. I, I send trucks to every country in Western Europe yet, apart from <laughs> saying, saying hello and goodbye. I don't speak any of the languages. I, I, there was a guy um, that used to work for Steph Transport in Vier, a guy called Luke, and um, and he was Portuguese. He worked in France, and I was talking to him once. We had an issue with a load, and he was trying to deal with another problem, and I was listening to him on the phone. He, he was going from English to French to Spanish, to Portuguese, to German. He, I think he must have had like five different phones to his ear and, and I was on one of them. <laughs> and, um, and my truck was one of the trucks with the problem. And, and, and the way he went from language to language, I was blown away by it. It was, it was um, it's amazing. My, 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 my daughter, she's, um, she's 13 and she does Spanish at school and I push her really hard to pay attention to it. And I said, when we go on, we're going to Spain next year on holiday. We haven't had a holiday for a few years like everyone else, but we're going to Spain. And I told her that when we're away, she, she has to order all of our food and drinks. And, and I think she really enjoys, she really enjoys it. But, uh, probably Spanish is the one where I know the most words, but just because I've been on holiday so much, but I'm very, 
well, all, all English people, how many English people do you know that can speak foreign languages? It's, well, I do think that English is the most, is, is the easiest language to learn. So it is, uh, I, was, I was on the train last Friday night and there was a Dutch lad. Uh, he does flowers and owner driver. And, um, and, and I had a good chat with him and, and I was again, just like, just how, how, how easily they can, they can, they can learn. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, w- I was learning Danish uh, there, which was not a, a language that you, you wouldn't really use anyway, because anytime you go to Denmark, everybody speaks fluent English and they yep. want to impress you with how good their English is. And I'm like, <laughs> it's, um, but I, yeah, I'd like to go and pick up some uh, uh, a foreign language or two and become a bit more um, cosmopolitan, a, I think. I've, I've got a lad called Mark that works for me. And he loves the German work, and our German work is night work. And and to do, to, to, to do to, all, all of my drivers are prepared to do night work. They 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 never kick up a fuss. But any most drivers want to drive during the day, and they want I to like sleep. night work. I, yeah. I, I I think it's a great old thing when you once you get into the once you get into the routine of it. Um, it's something that I've always enjoyed doing. But I it absolutely kills some people. They yeah, can't I know. Uh, just, deal with I've that at all. I've got drivers. I know they, they get on and do it, but I know, I know they struggle with it. And, um, but my, this lad called Mark, he speaks fantastic German. And, um, and like even the, 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 the German people that we're dealing with, they probably speak better English and he speaks German, but he still insists on speaking, on speaking um, German to them. And, and he speaks really good French as well. So I keep, I keep him on that work as much as possible. Um, and he does a brilliant job of it. I got. I, I tried when I, when I plan the trucks. I try to plan it in a way that if a driver likes a certain job, if I can put them on that job, everyone's happy. If I've got a driver that loves going to Spain and I can send them to Spain, and I've got a driver that loves going to Italy, and I can send them to Italy. It's a win-win for everyone. I I would never be spiteful and say, well, you 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 have to do that job and you have to do that job is uh, if I, I can i've got drivers that, that enjoy night work i've got drivers that like i've got drivers that don't want to go too far they're quite happy to go to calais and train trailers they're quite happy to go to belgium and to go to paris and Brittany and stay in the uk go to ireland go to scotland and i've got other drivers that want to go as far as possible and stay away as long as possible and i try <laughs> to i try to keep everyone happy and i put that put that into my plan and my the way I plan my trucks, I've never seen anyone do it before. I'm not saying I'm better than anyone else, but I, I've got a very unique way of planning my trucks. I, I don't use any software. Everything is everything is pen, paper, and in my head. And um, and I can I can move trucks legally from one corner of Europe to the other corner of Europe by by putting people in a position where we can change trailers. My my biggest my biggest uh, probably accomplishment was going back a few years ago we had a truck that broke down on a saturday afternoon in 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 uh, in the middle of italy near ancona with, with a with a clutch the clutch went and um and they said they couldn't fix it until the monday um so i think i couldn't get hold of the customer all weekend because they don't wear weekends so i rang them on the monday morning and i and, and the load was going to inverness as well we we do very little <laughs> scottish, we do very little scottish work but um, the load was going to Inverness. It was a load of organic carrots for Tesco's. And um, when I when I rang the customer on the Monday, I said, "Look, we've broken down. We've been in Italy all weekend. The truck's still in Ancona. It's being it's, the, the part has arrived this morning. They should have it back on the road by lunchtime." Um, but I'm really sorry about this, but the delivery is going to be very late. And they said, "Look, if, if if the delivery is not on time, we will receive a financial penalty from the customer from Tesco or whoever it was, and it will be passed back to you." So I got my thinking cap on and um, we were pretty busy at that time of year with trucks going to and from Italy. So you, there's like a steady stream of drivers on that particular, like heading down, like passing each other. So when the, when the lad was, when the lad was finally fixed, it was dinner time on a Monday. He went from, he went from Ancona, a similar, similar sort of area, give or take, but he went from Ancona uh, into, into France. And then the driver went from France up towards Calais to change trailers. So, so he went from Ancona into France, change trailers. And then from the second lad, where I think he was just about 50 kilometer, the, the, the right side of Bonneville was just enough time to get to Calais. And then the, there was a lad in Calais that swapped trailers again, took it to Boroughbridge. And there was a lad in Boroughbridge that took it to Inverness. And, um, and we left, we left Ancona in Italy on the Monday lunchtime and we got to Inverness on Wednesday morning. I think we we're about 30 minutes late from what we should have been, but given, given the situation, everyone was really happy, but the brakes on the trailer were, were, were glowing 
orange by the top <laughs> because apart from apart from um stopping for 45 minute breaks to change trailers and to cross the channel that trailer did not stop it done four shifts non-stop um and the trucks were in the right place at the right time which is quite which was quite helpful for me but that is how i I, I, I plan the trucks. I just look to see where I can place the driver to be able to pick the trailer up and to carry on. And I just, I, 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 I love my job. I love my, I love working for my dad. My dad is my biggest critic. He is great with all the drivers, but fuck is he hard on me? Really? really. <laughs> and, um, and, and, and if, if he's, he'll never say to me, I've done a brilliant job. It's not the sort of bloke he is. If he's not criticizing me, then I know I'm doing really well. Um, but he is my biggest critic. He gives me a lot of grief. He's given me a lot of responsibility because the, really what, what profit and loss the company makes is down to how I plan it. And he leaves that all to me without any input. He, he tries to occasionally put some input in, but the problem we've got now is I've been doing it for so long. I, I know more than he does about the planning side of the business. Um, I, I don't think I could do it without him um, because he might... He has made some ballsy decisions over his years of being an owner driver and a, and a small operator to get him where he is now, um, and and I respect him for that enormously. And he has got a good name in the industry, which which I think is brilliant. And and if for any reason he was to he was to stop and I was to carry on, I would I would never change the name of the company. Um, no, it's 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 really what what he has built up. I am proud of the fact of what I have. I haven't I haven't created this. Um, he he's created this. He started off as an owner driver in 1992, and I didn't start working to him until 2002. Um, but I, I am just happy that what what he has got now, I have been a part of, and I have contributed towards it. But ultimately, it's his train set. And if he told me he he if he if he said you you I want you to do it this way, I would listen to him. We argue, we argue all the time. Um, and my brother Dan. And, and Ray's wife, Paula, they, they don't get involved when, when we, regardless of who they think is right, they, they don't get involved because me, I call him Ray's, I don't call him my dad, it makes me feel like a child if I call him my dad, so, so um, even though I'm 41 years old, but I, um, so am I. <laughs> yeah, well, I just, I just we, 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 we fight a lot, we argue a lot. But we don't hold grudges, so we could have the we could have the biggest argument at ten o'clock in the morning, and at ten past ten, he'd be back with a with a Greg's and a, and, a, and a coffee, and and it won't won't ever be mentioned again. But it is this is a, working for family is very difficult. It is it is it is it's so intense, it's unreal. Um, but what I find with working for family, other people may 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 have experienced this as well. You get uh, working for family, you get so much more shit you wouldn't normally get if you were just an employee for a company. But you also get so much more benefits, and that, and that is for me. That my, my missus, she gives me a bit of grace sometimes. Oh, you work too hard. You work too hard, and I'm like, yeah, I know that. But look, we've got this and we've got that, and uh, and and that is just my, my dad does look after me. He knows how hard I work. He does look after me, but he is my biggest critic, and he gives me a great deal of shit all the all the time. I, I he, he he rang me about an hour ago. He's his Ray's Ray's hobby really is motocross. I've got five older brothers from from Ray's first marriage. Um, and when my dad, when my mum and dad split up, Ray moved to to London, and then and then he's with Paula, his wife now. But he's been with her for like, well, I was seventeen when he split up, and I'm forty one now. So it's, it's it's a long time. It's a lot of water under the bridge. And he was an owner driver when he was with my mum. And really, when it's when him and my mum split up, and he moved and he, and he moved to London. That's when he started started growing the the, the empire, if you like, a little just slowly but surely um, to get to get where he is today. But he's a uh, I'm very proud of what what he has built up. Um, he's we, listen. We are, we are from council estate backgrounds. I was I was born on a council estate and and I lived on a council estate till I was till I was 19 years old. And 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 my dad always tells me a story that when when he was when he was a kid he was so poor. If he said he was cold at night, they would tell him to put another coat on. His mum and dad would tell him to put another coat on. Um, he come from very very humble beginnings, same as me to be honest. And I and I value everything that I've got now. I've always I've always preferred personally to to work for when I've been driving lorries to work for family run firms because you you get you know you're not 
they're not just a number there. The, the smaller companies are always the ones that kind of suited, suited me better. When I go into some of the huge logistics places with their rows of plain white trucks and everything and all the health and safety stuff spattered all over the walls and everybody's stomping about in a bad mood and everything, I'm like, no, nah, I've, always, I've always much preferred that, that kind of setup. When drivers come for interviews, I, 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 I say to them, look, before before we go any further, like even when I'm on the phone or anything, I say we like we are a company that we we don't do attitude problems. You won't get one from us, and we don't expect one from you. We only we only want to work with people, or we only want drivers to work for us that they're here because they want to be, not because they have to be. We want people that enjoy their job. They're they're a joy to work with drivers one of my drivers just sent me a picture now he took his lorry home for the weekend he tipped in he tipped in Andover on uh, it doesn't happen very often but he, he tipped near to where he lives on Friday night and he dropped the trailer at one of our customers premises and he took the lorry home and he's, he's polished it all weekend and he's so proud of what he's done and he sent me pictures some people might think that's really sad and really pathetic but it's what it's what he loves doing oh, um, and, and if, if the drivers come into the office during the day the first thing that will happen is myself or Dan or Ray or, or Paula, do you want a cup of tea? Um, and we are, we, we are, it's not them and us. We're, we're a team. Um, uh-huh. And we, and, and we, we would take, we'll take the drivers for breakfast. We'll buy them dinner. We, um, if, if, if there's anything we can do to help them out, then, then, then we will do it. There's, there's obviously a line. And, and at the end of the day, the truck is a tool to earn money and we are, we are, we are businessmen and we want to earn a profit. Um, but if you can, if you can enjoy yourself, while you're doing it and have a bit of a laugh and a joke with the drivers at the same time. My, my philosophy is I like helping people out. I, I, if, if, if there was a lad that was broke down in a truck, he had a, he had a blowout on the trailer, which completely obliterated all of his wing tops and his, and his marker lights. And he was not far from the yard and the, and the lad's boss rang me up. He said, um, he said, I'll follow you guys on Facebook. I've got a truck broke down near your yard. Is there anything you can, I, I, I'm not sure what to do. And I said, oh, can he limp it into my yard? He said, yeah, okay, well, get him to come to my yard and I'll see you when you get there. And, um, and I arranged for a local company to come out uh, and, and they, about eight o'clock at night and they replaced all the wing tops and all the wiring. And the guy was really grateful. And, um, and it, it gave me a big sense of satisfaction because I helped someone. It is, it is, nice, to be, it is nice to be important, but it is important to be nice. And if, if I could go out of my way to help any I had a Haulia rang me last week they had a truck with a smashed windscreen in memory services and um and, and and I helped them get I helped them get it sorted. I didn't expect anything for it. I didn't want anything. I was just really happy to help them. And I hope that, that if my lads are in Europe and, and they get stuck that, that some that someone will be willing to help them. How did you get on when coronavirus struck last well it's just over a year ago now because it was obviously such a shell shock to everybody at the time but a great deal of transport just kept rolling on anyway there's two there was two sides to the food industry yeah that 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 affected us one was like the supermarket industry got busier because people weren't going out but then the tourist trade got quieter and we do lamb beef shellfish and a lot of it goes to restaurant trade so where some of our work got increase some of uh, some of it decreased and the work that my drivers want to do is the tourist trade work that's the stuff that takes us to the south of france takes us mm. to spain and portugal and to italy and places like this whereas so we we we, uh, we did less european work we did more domestic work but we were we were we were helping out tesco's i'll go anywhere i'll, I'll go anywhere for anyone and do anything um as long as i think i can make some money out of it but the type of work that we did changed but uh, we never furloughed any drivers. Uh, we kept all the drivers going, even if some weeks we were probably losing money or probably breaking even. We we were we we were we were quite happy with that. Um, that uh, difficult time, difficult situations. I feel sorry for many hauliers that that completely ruined their f- fleet overnight. I I think there was um. I, th- I think someone told me, I don't know if this is true, but someone told me there's a haulier, I think they're called Martin Brower, and they make and distribute food for McDonald's. So their production side of it was completely ruined. And then their transport side, again, was completely ruined. There hundreds of people that, uh, that, that, that they couldn't work. And all of the event guys, uh, fly by yeah. night, stage truck, I, I I took some of their lads on temporarily, give them, just give them work for holiday cover. I did, I did what I could. Uh, I took a lad on called Leroy. Um, and he'd done he'd done two weeks worth of um, shellfish up to Scotland and back, and it was complete 
changed what he, he, he normally drove a DAF, low ride DAF across Europe, and he done he done. And, and this was a time when they relaxed the hours, so he pushed on really hard. He done about uh, he, he worked like the seventh. He actually allowed to work the extra day and and go up to a hundred hours or ninety six hours for the fortnight. And he, and he went up and back from Scotland. Um, for two weeks, and he did three Tesco Livingston sh- shifts in the middle, and uh, I d- he did a brilliant job, completely off the cuff to what he would normally do. Is it was a really opportunistic thing. He rang me up, said, "Oh, I've, I've fly by night, I've parked up X amount of trucks. I really don't want to be out of work." And I had a driver that was off for a few weeks, so he jumped in the truck, and and he did a brilliant job. I know, I know the lad anyway. He's a really clean really looks after his kit and and he went from a daft to a scania and he really enjoyed it to be honest and and i think he was toying with the idea of maybe maybe asking me for a job full time i know he spoke to a few of my other drivers but uh, he went he went he went back to fly by night he's but they are the amount of the amount of people you see pulling trailers that they shouldn't really oh yeah i mean if if you're a truck photographer or a truck historian the past year you'll have seen some really unusual combinations that you'll never see again (laughs) <laughs> like tractor units pulling odd trailers. Yeah, you just see them all the time. You see like stage truck pulling containers, and you see, yeah. and you, and you, and you see, uh, there's a lot of people pulling like Fowler Welch trailers, and uh, and, uh, and 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 uh, you, you got to mention Amazon. Loads of them jumped on Amazon, which we're a haulier that's registered for Amazon. We 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 do very little work for them, but oh Christ, the, the rates that they were offering it at Christmas, just before Christmas, were, uh, I'm I've never seen anything like it. They were, they were, they were offering loads from Poland back into Milton Keynes, six thousand pounds a load, as many as you could cover. Uh, it's it's unbelievable the rates that, but the rates that Amazon are, are offering now are, are not very good. But as uh, when when you get closer to Christmas, they are they're bizarre. Mm. But they, I can't I can't um, I can't uh, use the benefit of the of the increased rates because our customers that we work for all year round they go really busy at Christmas anyway. So we're we're already really busy at a time when there's other people that are really busy that are paying extraordinary prices. I did a week for Amazon on behalf of Pollock uh, back in October last year with the Actros one with the mirror cam, which was which was all right. I was wondering how I would get on going into Amazon because I'd only been in there once before a few years previously. And it was horrendous, but everybody was all right. They were really chilled and kind of friendly. Um, but the, it was getting really busy when I was going into the Amazon hub at night in October with stuff flying everywhere. And I was like, oh, I don't fancy this coming up in November and December. This is going to be horrendous. Do, do, do you know, I, I did, again, I did a weekend of Amazon jobs. I, I took my own loads, um, which paid, which jobs that were paid really well. I loaded from Bristol to go to Cambridge. I loaded from Stafford to go to St. Helens. I was due to load from St. Helens to go down to Weybridge, but that load was cancelled. So I took a load out of Bolton to go to to go to the DPD hub in Hinkley. They call it a super hub. I've never been in a place as big as that. Um, and then and then after that, I took a frozen load on a Sunday night back to the yard. What I liked about the Amazon work there was no paperwork and it was very light and it was very quick. I went to, when I went to um, the Amazon place in Huntingdon, by the time I'd walked to the canteen, made myself a coffee, they were calling me back to come back because I was empty. I only had about 10 pallets on. And it's really important. The Amazon Prime stuff is really important. So so they tip it so quickly. Literally, the, the only what people don't like about Amazon is the stigma attached to doing Amazon work. And also their their health, they are very health and safety conscious. But what they, they have got um, people in the yard called yard marshals, which some people don't like. I think it's a really good idea. They're there to to assist drivers that, that have got an issue. And that, they're also right. I've always got stupid questions when I'm in a new yard for the first time, yeah. such is can I put that trailer there and <laughs> things like that, you know? And they, they they also like if you if if you're backing in on your blind side or you're struggling, like they they they're there to help you. It's I, I, I never was wrong with that. That's a good idea. So as far as I'm concerned, they, you know, especially they are, they are a little bit overkill on the health and safety. Like I went to um I went to their their uh place in uh Rugely, 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 whatever you want to call it. And yeah. um, and and they give they give me a bleeper. 
And then he said, right, so when the bleeper comes off, come back to the gate. Went back to the gate. They said, right, go on to bay, whatever, so-and-so. And then you've got to drop the trailer and come back out here. Okay. And it was really tight in there. Well, it's tight for me anyway. I'm still a new driver and I still class myself as a novice. I am definitely not a Billy Big Balls that thinks I've been everywhere and done everything. I'm always listening. I'm learning. And I'm very aware that I've not been driving trucks nowhere near as long as your average driver. And um, so I, had to, I backed the trailer in. I thought it was really tight i took about 10 shunts to get it on the bay and the, the bays are really narrow because you can't open your doors you can't back on the bay and then open like you can't back close to the bay then open your doors mm. the, the bays are designed for trailers with roller shutter doors rather than barn doors so they can they can put the bays much closer to each other so i got i got it on the bay uh, i dropped the trailer I, I literally pulled back out the gate and then the buzzer went off again so i went back to the gate i said oh the buzzer's gone off he said oh you're empty now you can you can go and get the trailer and literally it was, <laughs> it was probably six minutes of less less than that and the trailer was empty so people get fed up with the overkill of dropping the trailer winding the legs down and and dropping the, and wh- when you've got a fridge on it is a bit of a pain in the ass because we all split couple um so mm. it's just it's not that the process of dropping a dropping a fridge with split coupling it, it is a bit of a nuisance but it is a necessary evil but the amazon work that i did uh, well raid raided a few loads to uh to belfast um the rate that they were paying is just uh, just extraordinary but it's a shame that it's only for a very short period <laughs> Well, hopefully going forward, things will continue to be stable. Like like you said, you're getting your head around the the custom stuff with Brexit and all that side of, and all that side of things, which was well, obviously not, like nobody not, really knew what was happening no. in the beginning. And the RHA went on holiday for Christmas and just. <laughs> well, the, the problem with 2020 is that everybody was so focused on COVID, Brexit got pushed to the side. And then we got to the end of the year and then it was a mad panic. The worst, the, the hardest part about what we have to do with, with customs is what's called a civet, which is your French veterinary control. Um, any, any food product, meat product, even like honey or eggs, it has to go to a veterinary control. So it gets sealed. The trailer gets sealed in the UK by a vet and the paperwork is stamped, official paperwork. Uh, they call it a EHC, European Health Certificate. And then when we, that, that, that document then, then has to be changed, then has to be translated into a French health certificate, which is called a CHED P. And then that is what is presented. We, have to, we, have, we then have to have an agent in Calais. So we, we arrive in Calais. We don't actually go to the customs office. We go to the agent. And then the agent, they're the ones that present the trailer. And then we have to, put, we have to wait for the trailer to be examined. So that, that, that examination could be checking the seal, opening the trailer and having a look, taking a pallet out or unloading the whole trailer. It's completely random, but one of those will happen. I've, I've been out of three times. I've done it myself. Um, and that is the bit that when we first started with Brexit, we were waiting 13, 14 hours for that. Now it's down to probably half an hour, an hour. Um, so I, I was dreading when it went throughout January, we were, we had drivers. It was, it was taking a day to clear customs and then they were running out of time and, and then the, the drivers are out of hours and they said, well, you can't park here. This is a customs facility. Well, well you, you've made me wait all this seven hours. And now I'm out of hours and, and they were forcing us to move and our tackers were all over the place. Um, and, and, but now we are in a routine. The, the, the office that we're using in Calais is a place called Sotracon. The drivers have got a, built up a really good rapport with them. Um, and uh, our drivers have got white transport hoodies and they really like them. So we've kicked them all out with, uh, with hoodies. So people go in there and see that they're, they're wearing our clothes. <laughs> But it is one of one of the drivers went in with a massive bar of dairy milk. You can't get Cadbury's chocolate in France, and like there was people that were waiting for hours, and and the driver was seen pretty quickly, and he was on his way. But we seem to have they seem to have ironed out the problems, and 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 for us as a European haulier, Brexit is good for us. Um, there was something on Twitter. I, I have to mention this. I'm a little bit embarrassed about it, but going back a few years ago, I don't. You 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 know tw- more about Twitter than me. But going back a few years ago, someone 
uh, they made a, a comment which I had to reply to, but I replied to it. I'd had a few drinks. I was a bit angry. And I replied to it, say that I voted for Brexit and I can't wait to leave and, and all that sort of stuff. But that, that wasn't true. I never voted at all because for my family side, I wanted to leave. But for the business side, at the time, I thought it was more important to remain. So I just I, I just didn't vote. But I when I, I, the BBC contacted me shortly after Brexit and I said it's been the hardest month of my, of, of my career, blah, blah, blah. And then somebody dug up this post that I, I'd made on Twitter that was probably... I don't know, two years old. And, and it wasn't even a, it wasn't even a tweet. It was a comment on someone else's tweet. So I, I, mm-hmm. and I, and I tried to search for it, but it was me bragging the fact that I'd, vo- I'd voted to leave and I can't wait for Brexit, which is all of the bullshit. It was just, it, it was a drunken tweet, but that got turned into a meme and, um, and people were sharing it on, on social media. So, and I guess that I sort of realized that I can influence and, and what I, what I post, could come back mm-hmm. and bite me in the ass and um and it was a it was a picture of, of um of my tweet from from however long ago saying how like how it how it was and how it's going with me saying that i've had the i've had the worst week and and a lot of the people that give me grief were irish people they um they give me they they, they did give me the the photo got shared around facebook got shared around twitter and it did teach me a bit of a lesson to be careful what i post because it can come back and bite me in the ass <laughs> yeah well it looks like Hopefully things are going to be um, fairly positive for the British haulier. You're not the only person, because we speak to a lot of hauliers and truck and driver, and a lot of guys involved in European operations and things have have said that Brexit um, has benefited them. What I like about um, the way things are at the moment is there is less foreign trucks in the UK, and, and I also love the fact now that there is a direct, many direct routes from Ireland into Europe, because when the industry is busy, trying to get a booking on Brittany Ferries is very difficult. Could get into the train and, and having huge delays. So there is now a massive volume of trucks that are going from Ireland straight into the straight into Europe, which is making it easier for my trucks when they arrive at Dover, when they're coming back in through Calais, when they're using the train, the boats, uh, Brittany ferries, the south coast, the 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 the, the ferries from from Harwich and those sort of places. And and for, for me that is great. And and also where where we where I'm in the meat industry, you would get Irish hauliers that would come over from Ireland with half a load of meat on they would come to some of our customers and top up because we all work for the same people and then they carry on that, that that isn't happening anymore so again that is slightly pushed more more work my way so um uh, there's loads there's loads of benefits that we can see the hard bit is the red tape um the the, the paperwork side but it is that in it is worth it's, it's worth dealing with the shit because we we will come out of it stronger and and other and other hauliers that i've spoken to they they also feel the same it is it, january was a very hard month and and when i was when when i did the interview with the bbc um i i, I said how difficult it was and and, and I, I was telling the truth it was hard it was stressful for everyone for my customers for me for ray um, for Dan, my brother, who works in the office, and and on all the drivers, it was a really people were asking when they were going to get their deliveries, and I I couldn't answer the questions. Aye, well, thankfully that's all looking to be um, behind us now. Uh, it's been fantastic to talk to you and get all these insights into the into the business. Um, I'm sure all the listeners will find that um, very interesting, and hopefully um, I might be able to come down and maybe record something face to face in the future. Maybe yeah, do some, um, well, I can I can actually do remember the last time you were on Truck and Driver because we had that little article on the Volvo, uh, the old F16 that you had. Yeah. That was only a few months back, actually. Do you still have the truck? Uh, we sold it. I, I made Ray sell it. And, and also, I, I sold it. I sold it. And then I bought a I bought him a Red Passion that we used to own. But we, we, it just wasn't suitable for what we do. We, we bought, we bought a four by two thinking that we could manage it. Wouldn't cause us any issues. But again, you're constantly juggling the loads to find a load that suits it. And, uh, and we picked up this new contract for Ireland, which Ray really likes, but it's like gross weight, like 23 ton, which is no good for a four by two truck. So, so Ray's, Ray's got a motorhome, which the summer keeps him busy every weekend in his motorhome. He's, uh, he's up in Cambridge somewhere at the moment. Um, because my, my 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 little brother uh, from Ray's second marriage, he's a he's a really keen motocross rider. So Ray's away every weekend in the motorhome doing motocrossing. So, but when when the weather's crap and and the and the motocross season finishes, that's when Ray wants to drive again. But he still loves driving. He's still 
he'll go anywhere. He, a few years back, he flew to Milan because we had a driver that was out of hours. Uh, he, fl- he flew He flew to Milan. The driver flew back and Ray, Ray brought the truck back. And he still... He, 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 the good thing is, if, if I was, if I rang him at 10 o'clock at night, he said, what, I'm in the shit, so much gone wrong. I need you. Can, can you jump in a truck and, and do this for me tomorrow morning? Like I did the other week with a, we had a, an extra load of beef come on to go up to Aberdeen. And, and the, and it, it was, it was very late in the day. And, and Ray was in the truck at three o'clock in the morning, the following morning, head, heading to load it to so make sure customers happy. Um, so <laughs> it is, it, and it's also good that, well, that I've got my license as well. Like I'm doing this today and, like Ray was yeah. driving. Ray, Ray was driving early in the week. Um, but it is uh, listen. No, no two days are the same with what we do. No, oh, well, that's the that's the best way, I think. I oh, well, I hope your um your load gets uh, tipped in good time tomorrow, and you're heading back south again soon. I am going to Hull in the morning, and then I've not got a clue what I'm doing after that. I'm out. I'm out all week in this. So I'm tipping in Aberdeen at seven o'clock, and then I'm reloading from Perth. Hopefully about eleven. And then the, the lad that drives this truck lives in Birmingham. So I've got another 10-hour drive tomorrow to try and get as close to that sort of area if I can. And hopefully he can take the truck on and I can drive his car back to the yard. And he has got a Honda Civic Type R, which is the fastest thing I have ever driven. And um, <laughs> and, and, and if, 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 we, if we do manage to, to swap over, I will look forward to the two hours of driving that back to the yard as fast as I can. <laughs> Excellent. Cool. Well, thanks very much for your time, Pete. Um, yeah, I hope to welcome. speak to you again soon. Yeah, I'm going to bed. I'll catch you later. Take care. Cheers. Take care. Bye-bye. 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 Thanks for listening to the Truck and Driver podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To keep up to date with the latest news, 100% for drivers, visit truckanddriver.co.uk, where you can also subscribe to the print edition of Truck and Driver magazine, which publishes on the last Friday of every month. The Truck and Driver podcast is produced by Sound Rebel. To find out more, please visit soundrebel.co.uk.